everybody. It's me, Mike, TYP. Yes, your old friend. It's episode 141 according to my file name over here. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I I, I told uh, Steve, who's recording with me this week, that uh, my mind wasn't quite here, and it, it, it still isn't quite here. Well, you know, honestly, I don't know what episode this is either because I actually haven't listened to the last couple of them. I've got them all saved up for the next time I go out and about. For shame. So, I mean, this could be 150 for all I know. No, you know it isn't. <laughs> yes, it's uh, Steven Rodriguez. You might remember he was on not too long ago. He, uh, former uh, site director. Yeah, I used to run the joint. So, uh, we got a good lineup. Uh, Steve chose most of the games, um, but he doesn't know at least one of them. So, hopefully you guys will like it. I hope I'll like it. Alright, usual drill. Three songs per game. Figure out the game from the songs. And we got a hint question for you, which uh, sometimes might actually be helpful. They've helped me out a couple of times. Hey, 
I'm expecting Herman Munster to storm through the door any second right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot of fun. I like that song. That's a good one. Herman Munster. <laughs> it's okay. He lives on in uh, reruns. Now, Grandpa, listen to this question. This game supports what novel local multiplayer feature? Ooh, I know.
See, that song reminds me of running Stimpy for some reason. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the songs in this game um, have that vibe. Vibe is probably the best word for it, because this is a pretty groovy game. What game is this? It's, of course, Runbo for the Nintendo Wii U. Ah, uh, yes. I don't think Nintendo's part of the title of that system, by the way. I like being all formal and fancy about these sort of things. The Wii brand did not include Nintendo in it. It's not like Nintendo GameCube. It's just Wii. Wii U? And Wii U, Rumbo. Okay. You being a verb there. Hey, um, let's talk about Runbo. Yes, it's Runbo. I think I had the best experience that uh, I could ever have with this game at the demo uh, around E3, so I never actually bought this game. <laughs> uh, I just never have local multiplayer going on. I know it has online play, but I, this is a game that's really good for multiplayer. Yes, and I've played it a couple of times, actually. The most insane thing you can get in local multiplayer so far, nine players simultaneously on the same console. Yeah, wow. it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that, that was what they had set up for... Uh, it was, I guess, the indie... It wasn't Nindies. It was just an indie showcase after E3 won day last year and they had the full setup where you know you had a you play the nunchuck or you can play with a, a classic controller attached to a Wii remote and uh, they, they just yeah nine players it's pretty crazy and yeah it, um, totally the, smooth I mean, no no hiccups or anything no i mean it's it's a pretty simple game i mean uh, when i got to play it i i every couple of weeks i get some friends together at a friend's house and around downtown and we just get like you know 20 30 people and we just play video games all night and uh, we played runbow nine players got to do color master mode which is where you are it's like asynchronous multiplayer right so uh, you uh, one player is the color master and does everything on the gamepad tries to hinder and kill the up to eight players trying to get to the end of the the course and i'm actually kind of surprised how balanced that mode was even though we had like I got up to six or seven, and we did nine players once or twice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's really fun if you're you know killing people. It's really fun if you're trying to avoid everybody. So it's a very successful implementation of the gamepad and uh, just the system in general. Yeah, I know I had a lot of fun with that mode too. Even though I'm colorblind, it didn't hinder me a little bit, but I was still able to play. So I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, color is so important in the game, though. Yeah, well, so, that's another reason I was hesitant to actually purchase the darn thing. But, uh, but primarily, like, if you can play this online, but I guarantee you, you lose something in that yeah, yeah, you do lose a little bit of it. Last time I tried playing online, actually, I haven't played the game in a while. I want to get back to it. Actually, I'm not I'm hearing the music again. But it's a little hard to find players sometimes. Hmm. Uh, you can it, you can organize a little bit, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, like if you know somebody and you want to play online, you can do it. Yeah. But I think you need a minimum of four or five just to get a game going. Because uh, it's really kind of pointless if you're only playing with like two or three people anyways. Yeah, the, the, the chaos is really part of the, the charm of the game. Yeah, but even though, like, the single player... I mean, there's really the two main modes in the game. The single player is just really like the multiplayer levels, except you're just going through them as quickly as you can. You know, try to get medals and whatnot. But the meat and potatoes of, of the single player in Runbow is the Bohemoth. 
Ooh, man, I'm still trying to beat it. It's pretty, pretty gnarly, you know, old school platforming. And being colorblind is a little disadvantage, but, you know, just being, even seeing the colors is a little bit of a disadvantage, too, because they throw it at you in so many different ways and they mix it up. And, ugh, man, it's, um, I think I'm about halfway through it, three quarters of the way through it from what I've seen. But, you know, you, you, you get frustrated, but you still want to pick it up and keep going. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's hard in a good way kind of thing. Now, is that multi is that single-player mode something where if you fail, you start over from the beginning, or is it a long progression? Well, uh, the Bohemus level is a long progression. Uh, you have to play it in all one sitting. Okay. There are no continues or anything. But if you die, you just start at the last screen. So they're different oh, okay. screens, yeah. So it's not like you have to do like whole 20 minutes an hour from the start again. It's not like, because you're going to die all yeah. the freaking time, especially if you get to a new area. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's not terribly frustrating. It's just, you know, it's one of those things, well, I know I can do it. And it's not really the mm -hmm. game's against you. I mean, everything's right there. Well, it's not in black and white. It's in Technicolor, I guess you could say. Yes, very much so. Uh, technical color. <laughs> well, uh... My hat goes off to Dan Rodriguez, composer of this game. Very fun music there. Uh, I'll have to check out what else he's done. Okay, next game. Press the button.
Trippy. The song's over now. you read the question question for this game what fishy character drives the mitsubishi Oh, I'll leave it to the mice and see what I'll leave it to the mice and see what I'll leave it to the mice and see what I'll leave it to the mice and see what I'll leave it to the mice and see what I'll leave it to the mice and see what I'll leave it to the mice and see what I'll leave
if you don't know this game, I'm not sure you're going to be able to figure out the platform this is on. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those, um, one of many, many, many games on the Game Boy Advance that has uh, Advance in the title. But I think this this one deserves it by a mile. It's Racing Gears Advance. I wish I knew about this game when uh, when it came out. I would have liked it. Oh my god, it is criminally underrated. It's, in my opinion, one of the best games on the Game Boy Advance. It's so good. So yes, that music was on the Game Boy Advance. Very interesting use of that technology, because... Usually GBA is trying to kind of ape the Super Nintendo or something like that, and it sounds tinny. Whereas this sort of embrace that it's not really more than an 8-bit sound chip, really. And uh, and it, it just sort of, you know, Neil Voss is the composer of this game, and, and uh, what, what else has he done? He did uh, Tetrisphere. Um, uh, new Tetris 2, I think, didn't he? New Tetris, yeah. So he... I mean, he, he has that kind of a sound to him. I mean, he, he had kind of 8-bit sounding stuff on the N64. Is another example of kind of weird, you know, weird for the platform kind of sound. Um, but yeah, this game is... Would, would you describe this as kind of like a, like RC Pro-Am? Oh, yes, absolutely. It's definitely in that that family of games, the uh, top-down three-quarter mm-hmm. perspective. Micro yeah. Machines is also one of those. You played that back in the day on the NES. Uh, oh my god, this game is so good. I mean, uh, like I haven't played any Game Boy Advance games or Game Boy games in a while, but like you know, I want to get back to my Game Boy Advance. This game is always right there at the top of my list. I actually have it still. Uh, it's so much fun. It's so deep. It's a lot more challenging than it looks to be on the surface. Jeez, uh, where to start with this thing? Well, I mean, there are 25 tracks. Let's start with that. And they're all pretty varied too. They all have different surfaces. They all weather conditions. Hmm. Uh, they're variable surfaces too. So uh, you know you, you can customize your cars, like you know tires, engines, all the upgrades. It's also weapons. Hmm. So you know missiles, machine gun, oil slicks, and all that. But as you get to the harder tracks, you're going to have to start sort of making uh, compromises. There are some tracks that are all dirt. There are some tracks that are all pavement. But there are also tracks that are both dirt and pavement. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're going to have to pick, okay, well, maybe I'll do good in these sections and I'll kind of slow down in these sections. Oh, well, it's raining, so I definitely better put the dirt tire on because, you know, if it's dry, it might be better or worse depending on the weather. So you know, even if you have one track, it could be dry, it could be wet, it could be snowing. So you have to kind of approach that, and you really have to think, okay, how am I going to customize my car for this track at this time? And to kind of throw another twist into it, not only are there weapons, but each of the drivers, each of the characters, all of their cars have special abilities. So for instance, the one, the answer to our hint question, the person who drives the Mitsubishi they're actually licensed cars in this game, too, if you can believe that. Her name's Piranha. And her special ability, if I can uh, look it up, there it is. She is unaffected by oil slicks and mines. Hmm. So some abilities make you immune to weapons. Some abilities give you uh, special boosts. Boss character, you like the super fast, super hard car that you unlock at the end. Their ability 
if you bump into somebody else, you can temporarily control their car. Which is really annoying if you get hit in the wrong spot on the, on the track. How do you control someone else's car while so you're So you steer driving? them at the same time you're steering you. Okay, so they're lagging behind you, so if you just barely cut a corner, yeah, and they'll, they'll crash a wall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so cool. that's, that's like a super annoying boss character, especially if you're behind them, so... Mm -hmm. But, oh man, there's this, um, like, you know, obviously the music too, it's just, it's really good, it's a really meaty game, uh, really underappreciated, I mean, not that, uh, there aren't any bad racing games on the DS's uh, family, but, you know, if you got your Game Boy Advance lying around, find this game, play it, it's really, really, really good. I would say this is a good candidate for a GBA Virtual Console release, but I don't even know who owns the rights to this thing. Isn't this the same developer that made, like, Scourge Hive or whatever that game or was? Orbital Media, yeah, they didn't do much. They're the, the small, small developer, but Jesus, man, they hit it out of the park with this one. I don't know if there's a capacity for this to come to Virtual Console. Um, uh, if I had to guess, I'd say that this game's pretty hard to find, but uh, I don't really know. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, um, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to check eBay really quick, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I still have it. <laughs> because it's a, it's a hidden gem of the Game Boy Advance library. Cool. Well, we are going to go into the listener request here.
neat. I like that kind of theremin like uh, background instrument on that song. I didn't notice that until I was listening to it just now. Yeah, that was smooth. I like that. Very action-y. All right, here's your hint question, Wendy. Hit me. Which game served as the inspiration for the main character's initial conception? And that's uh, plural. I guess that isn't clear unless I clarify that. Characters is plural there. Hmm, Okay, interesting.
There you have it, folks. Wendy, any ideas on this game? No, I'm kind of drawing a blank. I mean, the, o- the only thing I would hazard a guess at, it, it does sound like a, an action game or maybe like an action RPG. And it does have kind of a Japanese feel, but I, I wouldn't have any idea of what to guess at it mm-hmm. past that. Sure. Well, I mean, you're kind of on the right track there. This is Freedom Planet for Wii U. I think it also came out earlier on PC, requested by probably the number one super fan of this game, Klex Yoshi. Um, yeah, so so Klex uh, really, really, really wanted me to use this game, and I, I think this had come up in previous talkback threads or whatever, but after uh, last episode, I, I got an email saying, oh god, you get begging you, man, you gotta play this game, you gotta use it. So uh, I, uh, I bought the game because I didn't mean to play it anyway, and I very much like the game. Um, the re- reason uh, this came up after last episode, you would know this if you would listen to the episode. Hey. Um, yeah, so so the reason uh, why this is, this is a very interesting factoid that Clex shared. Um, the characters for this game are originated uh, in a random uh, deviant art thread uh, where uh, someone made their own uh, Sonic Heroes team, you know, their own characters inspired by Sonic Heroes, uh, and that artist, uh, I think from China, names Sash Lung, I'm pronouncing that sort of kind of right. Anyway, if you look this up, it's very much the, the three main characters from this game, and, and the creators of Freedom Planet, I, I guess, approached uh, this artist and asked if they could use these characters. Um, so it's kind of an interesting uh, thing if you play the game and you haven't seen that the, the original artwork for those characters, it's kind of interesting to see how they change or did not change. Um, do you know anything about this game? Uh, no, Wendy? I don't. I'm, I mean, I, I picked up my Wii U uh, a couple, about a year, year and a half after it came out. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much stuck to all the Nintendo stuff, so I, w- I wouldn't know too much about the uh, smaller games or the indie games. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, first I've ever heard of it. Yeah, it's it's a pretty darn cool game. You might you might like it. Um, so it's uh, very much inspired by Genesis era, um, and I guess also maybe PlayStation or Saturn era action games. Um, on the surface, it very much looks like a kind of a Sonic the Hedgehog tribute, and, and certainly there's a, a heck of a lot of aspects of this game that really do pull from Sonic uh, games. Although it, it does a very good job of it, I think better than most Sonic games. Um, and uh, right now they have three characters. Uh, what Klex in the email said is uh, apparently there are two more playable characters coming. It's it's like 15 bucks on the eShop. And, and I, I didn't liken it to some amalgamation of um, uh, a, a Genesis Sonic game, maybe like Sonic 3 and Knuckles, uh, combined with uh, a treasure game. And there's probably a little bit of one or two other company's influences on there. I think Clex said that one of the characters feels kind of like a Capcom action character, but I, I, I couldn't really speak to that. Um, so the, the main character is Lilac, and um, she's ostensibly a dragon, but uh, she was originally, I think, envisioned as a hedgehog until they decided to, you know, release this and didn't, didn't want copyright infringement. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know... It, the movesets are very versatile, and I couldn't really explain it all to you, but there are a lot of interesting moves where um, you can be more aggressive or not. Um, one thing that uh, Lila can do is, is something that's kind of like Pulse Man. For the, it was on the Wii Virtual Console. She has this kind of dash move. 
that sort of acts like a spin dash from Sonic, but you can also use it to kind of go upward diagonally. Um, and then the other characters play pretty differently. There's, um, I think her name's Mila, the, the dog character. Um, I really don't know what touchstone to give her. She's she's kind of more of a defensive player. It almost reminds me of... Um, it's not, it probably is not a good reference point, but like Mischief Makers. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the screenshots in that, of the game, and I'm thinking, well, that Mischief Makers was sort of the first thing that came to mind, kind of looking at it. Yeah, you, you can kind of like summon these blocks and then throw them, and... Um, and there's some, you know, obstacles on the ground that you can pick up. So, so the three characters are playing through mostly the same levels, but they play very differently. Um, and all the bosses, um, you know, play pretty differently depending on what character you're playing as. I, I feel like that it's very ambitious that they had to balance the bosses for three different characters that play very differently. Um, I don't know if they entirely succeeded. I think the bosses are really good, but they're really uneven. Sometimes it'll be really easy, and other times I'll, you know, I found myself pounding against the wall for like 20 minutes on a, on a single boss, just like a treasure game. Could be by design too, you know. It's like like with the Mega Man games, if you get the right weapon, it's you know no problem at all. So maybe just get the right yeah, character. It might be, um, but I, I think part of it's that it, I found that some bosses were. A lot easier with one character versus another. So you know, maybe, maybe that was the angle they're going for. But uh, there are a couple of flaws. I mean, overall, I think it's a very good action game. But uh, I think anyone can enjoy it. And uh, there are a couple of flaws, some of which they could probably fix in a patch if they were so inclined. Um, one, they made a design decision to have these levels really long. So you know how in like Sonic Three. Um, and the first level, like Angel Island, it's kind of a smooth transition between Act 1 and Act 2. Oh, yeah, I love that. Um, basically, all the levels are doing that. And um, although when you die, you, you'll you continue from fairly shortly before the, you know, where you left off or a boss fight, there's no save point in the middle. And so when you reach one of these difficult bosses at the end, you've already put in like 15 minutes and then you're fighting another, you know, 10 minutes and it's like, I don't... I'd rather be able to walk away and come back to this later, but you know, then I get, you know, I guess I could just leave the system on suspended, sort of. But you know, I mean, be, to me, it'd be better if they had a save point, even if it was kind of a suspend save. Um, you know, but they could probably patch something like that in if they were so inclined. Um, the only other complaint I really have, um, I guess, I didn't grow up playing PlayStation era things. They had a lot of cheesy voice acting and there's a lot of voice acting in this game um and, and maybe that's an homage to something i never played but uh the, the game really could have used a, a editor the, the story really thinks it's better than it is and uh it just sort of drags on it's beautiful artwork a lot of good strike work um kind of an interesting overall scenario but just you know the pacing and the dialogue you know they're trying to be funny but the jokes fall flat um, yeah, and, and the voice actors, they're, they're, they do an okay job, but it gets grating over time. Like, Lilac, at some point, feels like she's just yelling all of her lines, and it's like, uh, I've had enough. Right, so it, <laughs> it kind of sounds like, then, if this is sort of an homage to a Sonic game, then all that stuff sort of describes more recent Sonic games. Yes, so that one actually, <laughs> I, I was actually going to say that the, the, the storytelling 
in a bad way reminds me of Sonic Adventure 1, where there was a lot of downtime, a lot of like just people standing around talking with each other or arguing instead of like diving to to actually do something, you know, to stop Robotnik, that kind of stuff. So um, it's not quite as bad as that, but um, it just, I, I, I really feel like if they had a good editor that had chopped this up a little bit, um, it would be a lot better for it. Um, and, you know, that, that maybe that's, you know, a growing pain in the next game this team makes. Uh, they'll, they'll maybe learn a little bit about that because clearly this was a, you know, a really passionate project or a passion project, I guess, is, is the term. So uh, when you're that close, sometimes it's hard to see, um, you know, how much is too much. So uh, fortunately, it's easy to skip that stuff. There's a classic mode that you basically skip all that stuff. Uh, or if you want, you can play the adventure mode or whatever they call it and you can push start at any time basically and skip to the next scene or skip all the way to the next stage so it isn't really intrusive but for me it's like i'm kind of interested in the characters i'm kind of interested in in the overall storyline they're they're telling i just wish it were you know more snappy so the whole world is is a you know anthropomorphic animal guy so it it all very much is in kind of the the same vein as something you find in a Sonic game. Um, I imagine very much uh, inspired by stuff like the uh, the Sonic cartoon, the, the one everyone likes, not the Sonic 2, but the... Well, I like uh, both Sonic cartoons. Some people say the other one's better. I, I'm not sure I agree, but but the one with, like, Not Whole or whatever. Yeah, there's, like, the, the funny, cartoony Sonic, and then there's the serious yeah, Sonic. Yeah, I, I guess I was always more a fan of the funny, cartoony Sonic. I like the serious one, but, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, might be interested in this game. It's been a really long time since I played a good Sonic-style game, and I've always kind of wanted one, so I'll, uh, I'll look at this. This is the best 2D Sonic-style game I've played in a very long time. So, uh, and I've played a lot of them. So, um, again, that, that's why this game came up, because I was talking about Sonic games in the last episode. <laughs> I was like, I gotta play this. So, uh, very good game. Uh, composers did a great job. I, I don't know what the composer's really. I think the composer just goes by Woofle, and Strife also contributed. I don't know if Strife also composed or whether Strife arranged, but uh, you can find the soundtrack to this on Bandcamp. Uh, you're so inclined. Um, I think Runbo's also on Bandcamp. Um, so yeah, check it out. It, it's I definitely recommend it. It, 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 ain't, it ain't perfect, but it sure is a lot better than most of the Sonic stuff we've gotten recently. So and it's more than just Sonic. Well, you know, it's it's simplifying too much to say it's a Sonic game, it, um, especially with the the secondary characters. It, it definitely feels different because um, uh, one of them can fly kind of like Tails, but she's slower with the blocks, and the other one has kind of a wall climb but no double jump, and it it really does uh, mix things up. So uh, check it out if if this at all uh, interests you. Um, I'm uh, I'm glad I was finally prodded into actually playing the game. Um, so thank you, Clicks, um, and I apologize for not choosing the same songs you requested. But uh, I think we have very different tastes on this game. I I, uh, I like but the other songs a lot better than the ones you chose. So please don't be mad. Please don't be mad. Hey, this is your podcast. You can do what you want. That's right. You can go to the next song too if you want.
Yeah, there are, there are no bad songs. It's just good, better, best, and onward. Mm-hmm. No, this game is very uh, I don't know, cinematic with the soundtrack. Yes. that hit question. Okay, Wendy-san. Who is the main protagonist trying to rescue over the course of this game?
sufficiently in a suspenseful mood. What game is this? This is Hitman 2, Silence Assassin, for the GameCube and various other platforms of the era. Okay, so how janky was uh, the GameCube version compared to the others? It was okay. I think the game itself was a little bit janky. It wasn't noticeably... I mean, it was really frustrating just to control your character in some points. Because the Hitman series, as you know, is where you go around silently murdering people, or loudly murdering people, if that's your style. It can be any style you want, basically. But a lot of the times, you want to sneak up behind somebody. Stealth games suck. <laughs> you know, fiber wire them, or chloroform them, or do whatever to them, but that, in and of itself, can sometimes be a challenge. <laughs> but, for the most part, it was, it was fine. It was a good port. I enjoyed it when it, came, when it came out, but there are much, much better Hitman games out there nowadays. None of them on Nintendo consoles, of course. Of course. <laughs> Heaven forbid. No, we can't have multi-platform games in our systems. No! Yeah, so this game... I don't know anything to say, because I've never played it. never played any games in the series. don't care about the series. Well, I do. The uh, the, the new one's coming out. Uh, actually, the first episode, now it's episodic, mm-hmm. is coming out uh, this weekend. I'm actually okay with the episodic model uh, for this game only, because there's not really any story to speak of. Um, I mean, uh, if we want to go back to the hint question, I believe it's uh, Father Vittorio's who you're talking about, right? Yes. Yeah, you have to rescue him once earlier in the game, and then later in the game you have to rescue him again. Um, sort of a uh, red herring question, because 47, uh, Agent 47, the hero slash anti-hero of the game, doesn't really go around rescuing people that often. Exactly, but but the whole point of the this adventure is he's he gets sucked back into the uh, the fray, so to speak, is, is in order to save uh, this priest, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's his own motivation for rejoining the age. I didn't play the game, but I read the the synopsis for <laughs> for the purposes of this discussion. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, in general, Hitman Two, it's a it's an okay game in the series. Really, the the crown jewel of the series so far besides the new game, hopefully, is Blood Money, which is the third game. So it's not Hitman 3 Blood Money, it's just Hitman. Blood Money, PS2, Xbox, PC, but not the GameCube, because of course. And it was really, really good. And it was composed by the same fellow as did this game, just for Kid. Mm-hmm. Really, really good composer. Some of the music in Blood Money, oh, I wish we could do that on the podcast because there's just some all-time classic tracks for Hitman in that game. Also, Ave Maria, very classical music, fits in perfectly with this guy, bald guy, black suit, red tie, killing people for some reason. Worked great. But uh, yeah, just the Hitman series in general, I've always been a huge fan of it because even though you are uh, you know, a Hitman, you're going around killing people, uh, well, there are, there are stealth elements, but it's uh, it's really sort of like a, a puzzle game in the end. You're set in a location, you get information about your target, and you have to go in there and figure out the best way to take your targets out without getting spotted or killed, all that stuff. But the the really beauty of the game is that you have so much freedom, most of the games, you have a lot of freedom to do whatever you want to do that. So, uh, for instance, okay, this time I want to kill the guy with the sniper rifle, or this time I want to kill the guy with my 
fiber wire, or this time I want to go into the level with the chicken suit disguise and sneak around with my giant chicken suit and nobody's going to spot me while I kill the guy. So hmm. that's fun. But the whole system is that you can use disguises to blend in. You can get past, you know, security checkpoints un, uh, undetected or at least, uh, you know, without raising suspicion. Most recent new game, which came out in the PS3 and Xbox uh, 360, was Absolution, which was kind of crappy for a Hitman game, but you know, all those new elements that worked are going into the new Hitman, which uh, should be pretty good, hopefully. I played the beta and it was great, so I'm having high hopes here. I would be remiss if I didn't point out that this is a Square Enix game. Yes. <laughs> Actually, this one is not a Square Enix game, but the company now is a wholly owned subsidiary of Square Enix, if I understand correctly, through some Byzantine chain of acquisitions. Yeah, developer uh, IO Interactive. Um, right, because the, the developers are based out of, what, like Denmark or something? Yeah, yeah, somewhere around over there. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Square Enix Publishing, uh, that's why the game is coming out episodically. They've started doing that with a couple of their games, uh, and including the Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I am absolutely not buying until it's complete because I am not waiting to play that game in bits and pieces. I want the whole thing. Though it works for Hitman, maybe, because there's really not a story and they're going to have some live content that doesn't really need the full game to work. So it could work there, but it's not going to work for, in my opinion, like a big story-driven game like Final Fantasy VII that everybody wants to play. Hey, it worked for Shenmue. <laughs> How long did it take that third episode to come out? Uh, yeah, yeah. It still isn't out yet, is it? Yeah, we're still waiting. So, like, that, that, that's the future of... for an episode. <laughs> that's the future of episodic gaming, is they'll do the first episode. Okay, let's do the Kickstarter for the next episode. <laughs> let's see how much interest is it. Uh, we don't want that. No. No, we don't. We want to go on to the next game. The last game, and, and it's a bit of a wild card, and Wendy doesn't know it. Oh, no. don't have anything to say other than I, I, I like that instrument set. I do too.
Here's your end question. Okay. What message is displayed when you mess up too many times? Hmm. Time's up. Do you have any idea what game this might be? I've got nothing. What if I told you you played this game? What if I told you you described it as terrible, terrible, terrible? I've played a lot of terrible, terrible, terrible games. It does sound vaguely familiar, I will say that. Um, but, you know, if it was terrible, it's also forgettable. So, <laughs> Well, you, uh, you gave this a not recommended for anyone rating way back when. Um... This is Power Golf for the Turbo Graphics 16, which came out on the Wii Virtual Console. I don't remember that in the slightest. Oh yeah, no, no, this is uh, I, I felt like I had to sneak in another golf game. Uh, of course. <laughs> and uh, this was kind of uh, from the bowels of, of our archives. Uh, yeah, this is a, a golf game kind of similar to um, like NES Open Golf. Or and better, maybe a, a good game that's kind of in a similar style would be Mario Golf for Game Boy Color. This kind of top-down uh, game, you know. If you played Howl Hole in One Golf, it's all that's also kind of a similar game. But uh, this one was for the Turbo Graphics, uh, nice graphics. But um, the uh, main claim to infamy is uh, the power meter goes really super fast, especially on the drives. 
Um, and it just it gets impossible to have anywhere near a good shot, basically. So I, I found a video online with two guys talking while playing it, and, and it looks just terrible. The, the guys were funny. Uh, I was probably the eighth, per, eighth person to watch it. This is such an obscure game. But uh, it's a terrible, terrible game. I, I, yep, sure is. You don't remember playing this game at all. No, I mean, I'm even looking at the um, the page on, on the site now, and I mean, it vaguely rings a bell. Like, how long ago was this now? It came out the same day as Super Mario Brothers 3, and... Uh, so was this eight, eight and a half years ago now? <laughs> and maybe Metal Slug or something? For, yeah, Super Mario Brothers 3 and Alien Soldier for the Genesis. So, yeah, it's a long time ago. I, I, I remember Alien Soldier, that was awesome. This fantastic soundtrack from, from Power Golf. Soundtrack isn't bad. It's, it's only a few songs, but they're not bad songs. It's just uh, not a good game. Yeah, so if you are whatever, 10 strokes over par or something, it just it, it does not let you play anymore. It basically says, give up. Oh, really? In the next hole. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, that's funny, too, because I'm reading this and that got a 73 in my first round if only the course had some par 13 holes i might have gotten a birdie so that 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 note doesn't make any sense to me because a, a 73 is a pretty good score it's a very good score that's that's yes, one over par in real life i don't i don't know what that means that means you did really well and you were complaining it's impossible to play so i really don't understand at I, all no right it there. means i did that well because i was given a huge Okay, so that's your adjusted score after... Yes. Okay, yeah, that, that didn't come across, sir. Um, okay. Yeah, it's a terrible game. Do not buy this game. It actually came out on the Japanese Wii U Virtual Console, if you can believe that. Why, why are you reminding me about this game? I can't remember if it's so terrible. Because I chose it, damn it. That's I your chose podcast. it I thought you'd remember it. Remember it, damn it. Why would I remember this game? It's so unforgettable. Well, still forgettable, rather. You probably played it for like five minutes and said, screw this. So Probably. There you have it. That's uh, that's five games, folks. Uh, let's see. Wendy, do you have anything to plug? Uh, no, I'm still doing my thing, uh, my roller derby thing. You can read me at rollerderbynotes.com. Also, how many, how many tournaments have I uh, gone without a win now? 18? Uh, it's something like that. There's a running uh, running counter now for GolfCon. Uh, rounds that Steven just hasn't quite won. I mean, you've been close so many times, man. I I don't understand it. I really don't. Uh, did, didn't you um, win the last one? I did. I did win the last one. It was a surprise to me, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, check it out. I won. So I'll get a trophy uh, in a couple of weeks here. That'll feel good. I'd like a trophy. That'll feel really good. I'm crying internally right now. You don't get a trophy if you win this time, so I guess don't try to win this time. The match plays are not, uh, those aren't majors. Should I just give up? Give up. <laughs> That's what, if I learned no. anything from Power Golf, you should give up. Never. We talked about this in a previous episode Stephen was on, but GolfCon is a, is a fun-running TV, well, online TV series of sorts where uh, Adam Contras, who uh, way back when did the uh, 2002 E3 uh, DVD for Planet GameCube, uh, he puts together these tournaments, and uh, 
and they're a lot of fun. You know, Stephen and I have been going for a long time now. He's been doing it longer than me. And, uh, you know, he, he puts this, you know, he videotapes it and, and puts it on um, videotapes. Is that, that dating me? Uh, he records this and puts it on. He films it on Super 8 and then hooks it up to the video projector. <laughs> no, it's a lot of fun to play and it's also a lot of fun to watch. He does a great job putting those together. If you just go to golfcon.com, you can check all of those episodes out and uh, watch uh, Steven struggle as you might too. I'll win actually one. Win. I'll win you, you, one. You can win. You've had better scores than me very frequently. So I, it's it just, you know, it's just a matter of time, man. I'll, I'll win one. I'll win one this year. And then next time I'm on Radio Trivia, I will gloat. Uh, I suppose I should also plug something that supposedly is imminently coming down the pipeline. I've been told... And I believe it's been published on the website at this point that uh, we're going to be releasing the uh, interview I did with Jonathan Metz, Dr. Johnny Metz, uh, for this book that he's uh, doing research for. And so we, uh, we recorded like a two-hour long conversation uh, while I was uh, visiting him in person. And uh, it's, it's a really good conversation. I think it goes to a lot of places. I think it's, it was really interesting. I was uh, re-listening to part of it um, a few days ago. Uh, so that'll be posted to the RFN feed. So if you already have subscribed to RFN, you should get that. But uh, if you don't, uh, I think it's really interesting, and not just because you know I'm in it. I think that uh, we discuss a, a couple of really interesting stories about uh, you know inside baseball about the website. So um, a lot of fun there, and I know he's recording uh, episodes with several other folks too. I don't I don't know if he's gotten to you yet, Wendy, but I, I know he he said he was tended to. So. Uh, by and by, I'm sure he'll, he'll reach out to you. Well, I'm here. Hi. Hi, Johnny. Hi, Johnny. Hi. <laughs> anyway, so that, that should be coming out, and I, I think he'll be slowly, you know, dripping out a couple other ones as uh, as he passes. I, I don't know uh, his target for uh, getting the actual book out. I think that's going to be um, a couple of years out probably still, but... Uh, it's fun, and this is kind of a fun bonus feature that he's going to be releasing these things. So check that out. With that, thank you very much for listening to this podcast and and being patient with me as I uh, release these on uh, on a somewhat irregular basis. But uh, I think it's still uh, still a good show, and I'm going to keep doing it. Damn it! Yeah, and I'll get around to listening to those last episodes that we did. I'm sure they're still quite good. You you better. Uh, Go on like a big trip sometime soon. Oh yeah, I've got, I've got a lot. I'm doing a lot of traveling this year, so I will be exhausting those episodes quite rapidly. Excellent, excellent. Yes. Well, thank you again, Steve, for uh, coming on this thing, and uh, I'll uh, we'll do it again sometime. Absolutely, I'm always here. I, I love video game music still. It's okay. Question mark. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See you later.
Rumbo is copyright 2015-13 AM Games. Racing Gears Advance is copyright 2004 Orbital Media. Freedom Planet is copyright 2014-2016 Galaxy Trail. Hitman 2 Silent Assassin is copyright 2002 IO Interactive. Power Golf is copyright 1989 Hudson.